This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. Good afternoon. Welcome to Live and Learn. I'm Troy Antic. The recently concluded World Cup was said to be the most streamed live sporting event. Many of these would have been through websites providing links to servers illegally streaming these matches. Why is this issue so tough to crack down on and in a sport that generates billions of revenues every year? Is this even an issue worth considering? Here to provide some answers are sports lawyers Richard Wee and Leslie Lim. Richard, is this an issue that is... um, as big as the media made it out to be in the larger scheme of things, how much of the pie, the money pie, is from illegal streaming? Mm. Uh, I, I must say this topic is really interesting. I think. Uh, but before we go into that question about how much money has been taken, uh, permit me to just set the tone for the, the framework of the law in this, this area. Uh, in theory, it's actually a combination of... Uh, uh, information technology law, uh, intellectual property law, and of course, sports law. And uh, peculiarly for sports, uh, there will be certain areas during a game which is uh, more valuable than the other game. So if football is an example, the goal-scoring moment, the penalty, the disallowed goal is always the most valuable moments. So uh, what is happening is that it's not just about illegal streaming um, or, or uh, even private streaming. But there are issues pertaining to uh, people recording uh, via personal mobile phone and broadcasting on Facebook Live or Periscope on Twitter uh, or people recording it and uploading on their personal Snapchat Snapchat, so people can watch on their personal Snapchat and then uh, advertise on their Snapchat. Some Snapchats, as you know, are private, so you have to pay to to watch the Snapchat. uh, the other area is will be where someone is physically at the stadium, you know, and then they they record a game, uh, and I think Leslie later will talk about this one peculiar case in UK, where people were recording and then uploading uh, up on the app, very similar to Vine, and um, and the case was actually tested in the British High Court. Mm-hmm. So back to your question, uh, once you know that these are the potential breaks, the first issue you need to ask is does in the case of World Cup, does FIFA have a right uh, over the broadcasting uh, rights? The answer is yes, because the content, i.e. the game, uh, belongs to them. The tournament is organised by FIFA, therefore the match played on a pitch, uh, the, the recording of the match belongs to FIFA. So FIFA then signs out the contract and provides, for example, to uh, Malaysia will be Astro, in UK will be BBC or Sky Sport. And then Sky Sport will then, uh, with that right, broadcast it on their medium. So in all these mediums that I mentioned, they, are, they use television as the basis. Um, then uh, that's worth a lot of money. Now the live streaming, uh, now to finally answer your question, how much of a cake, a pie has been is involved here? Uh, the live streamers, of course, when they uh, stream it on their website, they gain money. Uh, from obviously from advertisement, from uh, the traffic flow, and that's uh, uh, I would estimate uh, worth millions of uh, US dollars. There, uh, I do not have the statistics. It's, it's illegal, so we, we will never have the specific statistic. But it would have taken a big chunk out of FIFA. Mm. Yeah, I mean, just to put it into context, um, how the pie sort of looks like, uh, media rights stand right on top, even above sponsorships, even above ticketing. 
and even above merchandise. So I, I hope that that can kind of give you an idea of how big a pie uh, mm-hmm. media rights actually takes up. Yeah. Um, so Richard kind of um, lays out the different kinds of um, or different aspects of the matches, different points of the matches that are being streamed or taken and clipped and posted on websites. There are different types of pirates as well, right? People who watch these illegal streams. Some go for the highlights, just the goals, just the important mm. moments in matches. Some would like to watch the full match. Yeah. And so when you're protecting or when you are looking from the perspective of um, the rights holder or the rights owner and you're trying to protect this product, yeah. um, to what extent can you say that this should not be shown unless you pay for it because people could watch this on a television in public, for example, and what makes one moment more valuable than the other? Mm. Good, good question. Um, so right, right at the top of the pie will be the contract between uh, FIFA or uh, Wimbledon or NBA with the, the relevant uh, broadcasting provi- broadcaster provider. That, will, that contract immediately gives a right to that broadcaster. So let's say in Malaysia, Astro. And so with that right, Astro will then has a right to broadcast. Uh, on in in the case, they use television, and I think soon in future you will see a broadcaster using the internet, uh, using uh, uh, TV on the on the on the mobile phone, um, and that will act, act attract provisions like uh, the Copyright Act in Malaysia. I'm, of course, I'm speaking uh, in Malaysian context, uh, not in the world. Uh, so the Copyright Act under Section uh, 41, for example, of the Copyright Act, it states that uh, it is an offence for anybody who, to infringe uh, a copyright because the uh, broadcasting right is protected under the copyright. So that would uh, include uh, penalties, uh, it can even include uh, imprisonment mm. uh, and a big fine. So that is the penal side. Of course, the contractual side, um, let's say Astro finds out that uh, a company X is illegally streaming uh, their match mm-hmm. or the Wimbledon game. And so Astro can actually take an, take an action against them, uh, either seek an injunction, of course, claim for damages, uh, and, and, and probably even uh, seek an order to stop them from ever doing this again. It, it's actually possible. Yeah. I guess, Leslie, I'm trying to uh, understand when does the infringement actually happen? Because... If a website does not have the rights and they are streaming a match and the person watching it is doing so illegally, that sounds straightforward enough. Mm-hmm. But for a restaurant who is um, doing a public viewing, for example, uh, on the night of the match, is the restaurant not behaving in a similar manner as the person who is providing the stream on the website? Um, okay, I, I think I'll answer your question in, in two folds. The first one uh, in determining uh, whether or not there's an infringement, uh, if I could just share about the case that Richard mentioned earlier. So it's the case of uh, Fanatics. And this case was... Um, Fanatics is the app. Yeah, Fanatics is the app. Uh, F-A-N-A-T-I-X. And uh, the uh, High Court of England and Wales actually deliberated on the matter back in 2016. I'll just give a bit of background about what the case is actually about. So the England and Wales Cricket Board, together with Sky Sports, brought a suit against Fanatics. They are a service provider where they actually encourage their users to upload uh, clips of live broadcasts from, from wherever they are. And they even encourage their own Fanatics staff to do that. And so what Fanatics and the app did, through the app, through their website, uh, through their social media accounts, they actually uh, uh, 
put together clips that all these users had uploaded and then broadcasted an eight-minute clip of their own but made out of the clips from, from all these users that they are uploaded. When Justice Arnold uh, was deliberating on this matter and, you know, people argue, look, it's just an eight-minute clip. You know, the match can go on for like two, three hours. What is eight seconds? But that eight seconds can constitute uh, a, a portion, a highlight of a match that is actually of much value to fans, to the rights holders. And so in, in, in determining whether or not there was an inf- infringement, Justice Arnold actually uh, uh, deliberated on whether the eight seconds constituted a substantial part of the original broadcast, of the full match, basically, so to speak. So if I could just read out a portion of his judgment, very interesting how, how he phrased this, Justice Arnold. He said, quantitatively, eight seconds is not a large proportion of a broadcast of film lasting two hours or more. But qualitatively, however, it is clear that most of the clips uploaded constituted highlights of the matches, wickets taken, appeals refused, century scored and the like. And so these clips actually were of much interest and have much value to it. And um, in, in, in taking this approach, Justice Arnold actually decided that there was an infringement by fanatics. Mm. So that hopefully answers your, your first portion. So it isn't really the, the amount of time or how long the, the, the infringement portion is, but more of what exactly is being shown. Um, to answer your question about the live viewing, uh, I know there there were many places uh, showing live viewings during the recent World Cup. And uh, it's not illegal per se because if they are uh, showing these live viewings through a channel which has already been paid, then technically there's no direct infringement. I think the question comes to more when individuals choose to log in to platforms which are doing the illegal streaming. Um, that is the question I think uh, uh, most people will need to consider. Oh, so the person with the website providing the links, they're not doing anything wrong. It's just the person who is logging on. The individual users who are watching the match that is infringing copyright. I think watching the match on the live streaming, it's going to be a bit difficult to say that that person is uh, doing something illegal. He, he or she is just the consumer. Yeah. Uh, but the person who... the, the the party who is providing the live streaming is illegal. Yeah. Um, and providing the address to that illegal website uh, may attract a different kind of penalty uh, under the penal code. Uh, if, if the live streaming is illegal, yeah. then the providing of the uh, website may be an incoherent offence, i.e. You know, assisting a crime. Yeah. And back to the restaurant uh, example that you, you queried, the restaurant itself is not wrong because it, they're a restaurant. They have a, uh, it, it's meant to be a public place. So having a television restaurant and showing it uh, so that everybody can watch is, is not in theory illegal, as what Leslie said. Mm-hmm. And um, that def- doesn't fall within this Section 41 issue at all uh, because they have a right to, to show it there uh, in their restaurant. So it's, it's different from, from a live streaming. Yeah. It wouldn't be considered profiteering or profiting from... Copyrighted material. Uh, well, it's their business. They they have a a, a, a restaurant's business, so it's it. Uh, there are days where the restaurant is empty, uh, even though they're showing a match. But so it it, it goes both ways. I see your, the the logic of the question, but uh, the for a restaurant, for a cafe, for a pub, it's a bit different. Uh, they are they are permitted to to show it on on yeah, their also because they've already paid subscription to Astro, correct? So mm-hmm. they are paying for the broadcasting mm-hmm. 
it's not an illegal streaming per se. And then for Astro, they make money out the other way around. Now, if, again, specifically about I'm not highlighting targeting only Astro. I'm talking purely about football, the World Cup, the advertisements. Uh, there are many uh, advertisements during the the game. So uh, while they may have earned uh, from one restaurant. Uh, who paid subscription, subscription to show the one match But in the restaurant There were 500 people All 500 people saw the, that advertisement So that would add value to the, the event Yeah, Let me pose to you a few other scenarios Besides Astro RTM was also showing the World Cup And um, anyone in Malaysia With a local IP address Was able to watch um, a live stream Of um, World Cup matches for free If someone was to watch this um, abroad or uh, in a place that RTM was not accessible through a VPN, for example, would this be illegal? That person, this example you're referring to would be a person outside Malaysia. Mm-hmm. Well, technically, I don't see it being illegal in Malaysia because right. he or she is doing it outside. But if he or she is watching it in Malaysia, that's not an issue because RTM is already showing it right. for free. Uh, and RTM has paid uh, FIFA uh, not FIFA, through a company who holds a right in Malaysia. Who, uh, that company has paid to FIFA and then RTM dealt with that company. And um, yeah, so it's all right. So the next time I'm watching a match and I want to share you know, a highlight or a goal moment, when what, what should I look out for in, in, to not break the law? You know, <laughs> <laughs> you know that question, uh, I think most of us would have uh, had some... Uh, Dance with the law in this area. We're, we're dancing with the law most of the time. You know, we we are, we, we we take a f- snapshot snap, snapshot of it and put up on our Twitter. Yada yada. On that point, let me just sh- go dive a little bit and come back to this. I, I recall a case in America. Um, I cannot remember the year where a photographer had taken a, a photograph of a basketball game, and this case was prior to the explosion of social media. And he then uh, put up the photograph on the solely to the newspaper, and I recall uh, the basketball tournament organizer. It could be either NCAA or NBA had actually gone after him for taking a photograph of a match which belongs to the organizer, and and the case was tested, and uh, the organizer lost in that case because he, because his job, that man's job, was a photographer. You know, it was a bit different But if you test that And say that Someone like me Who's not a photographer Go in and take a photograph Can I be deemed to be legal? On that logic It's possible That that I've illegally Captured a copyright Of uh, a slam dunk And put it up on my On Twitter So as I said uh, Back to your question We all dance with the law In this area uh, And it's very difficult To be fair to Content providers Like Astro Sky Sport To come after Every single person right. uh, And because of social media, mm. social media has uh, given the power to the uh, to the people, the, the user of the internet, to to use it. So it's quite quite difficult to enforce. Yeah. You want to be safe, share the official highlights. <laughs> yeah. so, so in that example, Richard, that you provided, does that mean um, newspaper organizations or news organizations have to pay the match organizers for their journalists to take a picture of what happened during no, the match? No, no, no. that's different. Uh, uh, that case was peculiar. I think, like I said, it was a long time ago and the, the tournament organiser was trying to test the, the, the mm-hmm. boundaries of their copyright over the tournament. Uh, uh, but in, in, in Malaysia, uh, no newspaper need to pay uh, to go and uh, send a journalist into the stadium. Uh, thankfully, I hope that will never happen because they will 
hurt the media freedom, but no, you don't need to. Yeah. Sorry, just building on that, um, going back to the case of fanatics, I mean, even the case of fanatics was really pushing the legal boundaries uh, in this particular aspect of law. And one thing that fanatics tried to argue is that uh, technology has changed the way media reporting has now uh, become and will continue to grow. And they tried to argue the legitimacy of uh, user-generated contents. Uh, and while Justice Arnold agreed that you know, the situation deserves a living interpretation, you know, really taking into, into account uh, the current uh, trend of, of technology and, and its application to our world today, the judge was also still very keen to protect the investment and the rights of the, of the stakeholders. So, yeah, I think that's one point I wanted to share. I'm speaking today to sports lawyers Richard Wee and Leslie Lim about illegal sports streaming. Up next, uh, we'll talk more about how authorities in Malaysia are going after people providing illegal streaming services or uh, illegal streaming uh, live matches. Stay tuned, BFM 89.9. Welcome back. You're listening to Live and Learn. I'm Trot and Dick. My guests today are sports lawyers Richard Wee and Leslie Lim. We're talking about the illegal streaming of live sports. Um, so we've been talking about live sports because um, the World Cup just happened. But if it's a delayed telecast, would that still be um, the treatment of it? Would still be same legally? Yes. Uh, if uh, again for today, let's. I think we're going to talk about football most of the time, right? So let's use the World Cup again. Uh, FIFA owns the uh, rights or the game, the broadcast, and then we we retain it. And then play it again uh, 10 years later. Like now, as you can see, during the World Cup, they, they'll show all the the, the uh, special one-hour s- series about the last World Cups. Uh, then it, it, it's still the same. The, the, the rights to the match is still protected. Mm-hmm. So, Leslie, studies after studies um, show more young people are turning to illegal streaming. Um, most of them presumably are more tech-savvy compared to um, their parents' generation. So if regulators come to you or you know, TV broadcasters come to you and they want to clamp down on this mm. and protect their rights, so from a legal perspective, what would your advice be? Go after the consumers or go after those who are providing the services? Well, um, I think first things first, uh, perhaps it would make a little bit more sense to go after the, uh, the parties that are providing the illegal service, uh, so to speak. There are... Uh, provisions in the Copyright Act which allow for uh, certain suits and actions to be taken uh, against such parties uh, whereby uh, you can seek for damages and injunctions and whatnot. But I wouldn't say that the individuals are able to get off scot-free as Richard mentioned earlier by participating in such illegal streaming. uh, There could be certain provisions in terms of uh, aiding and abetting, you know, uh, contributing and not only that, I think as a, as a personal user, I think you also need to bear in mind that when you log on to such websites, you're also opening up your computer and your systems to potential viruses, uh, hacks and whatnot. So users out there perhaps can also kind of think about this at the back of their mind. Are our copyrights law um, adequate to cope with all these new technologies at the moment? When, when was, was the last time that it was amended? Well, it is amended from time to time to include certain uh, technological advancements. But as we know, technology advances so rapidly on a day-by-day basis and uh, making amendments to such acts of parliament takes time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, uh, but I do think uh, these are points which 
the ministry even takes into account and I quite excited to see how it develops uh, soon because this is definitely becoming an, an issue. Are there cross-boundary rights? Let's say someone providing this illegal streaming use an Astro free feed in like Singapore or Thailand, for example. Can Astro go to Thailand or Singapore and say... Well, it's possible they can take action in civil courts. That's, that's uh, always open to anybody. Uh, subject to pr- proving the relevant uh, pre-requirement before you initiate a suit overseas, that's for sure. For uh, penal uh, action, I, I suppose people like Astro or RTM, they may need to seek the cooperation of their uh, partner on the other side of the, the uh, border and that is also possible. Mm-hmm. Personally, I, I've not really come across of uh, cases of that nature. Mm-hmm. Um, and in fact, back to your earlier question, even locally, uh, the Copyright Act is uh, frequently used to, uh, for purposes of this kind of uh, issue, uh, people uh, uh, making pirated uh, DVDs or mm. CDs. Uh, but for broadcasting illegally, uh, streaming, I, I've not seen any reported cases. Uh, I'm sure there are. There have been charges in the lower courts, but I've not really seen one in high court yet. Um, and if I can add another uh, dimension to our discussion, there's another huge area which uh, uh, we must uh, discuss, which is the esports uh, and uh, the nature, character, and identity of the esports is in fact streaming. Um, and one of the reasons why esports have exploded the last five years in in this region is because of the ability and capab- capability and capacity to stream. And we have had many cases where uh, uh, the organizer of the esports tournament have only uh, permitted certain people to stream, but that have not stopped others to uh, illegally live stream. And and that area is still uh, grey. Mm-hmm. We're not sure how to govern the area yet. Mm-hmm. So players cannot live stream at will the matches that they're playing. Is it? It depends on the contract they mm-hmm. they sign. Yeah, because uh, now esports are like. The other sports uh, like football, badminton, cricket, all these sports have built uh, rules, governance, uh, a certain element of uh, uh, process. They have process integrity issues. Whereas esports are uh, very much pro- run by private sector, you know, uh, uh, people like ESL, uh, they, they, they run the tournament. Mm-hmm. Um, so because it's private, it's all based on contract. So if you take part in a tournament, uh, and the organizer will issue your contract. You sign a contract, you take part in the tournament, and that contract will tell you what you can and cannot do. Most of the time, they will say you cannot stream. Mm-hmm. Most of the time. Yeah. Um, how much power do ISP or MCMC have in you know, blocking access to the internet for the individual users? Do they collaborate with each other? Are they sharing data with even private companies? Good question. I, that part, I'm not sure, the last part. But... Uh, our MCMC does have certain uh, um, strengths in their act. Leslie and I discovered this provision under Section 263 of the Communication and Multimedia Act, sorry, CMA, uh, which deals pertaining to general duty of uh, licenses. Uh, basically, anybody who uh, broadcasts something else uh, uh, than the one which has been contracted may, may find themselves uh, liable under 263. This would be the Facebook example mm-hmm. where a person uses his or her handphone and shoot it on TV, 
So it's a recording of a recording, right? And then uh, on his or her Facebook goes live, or using Periscope goes live on Twitter, uh, and then you are following this person. Uh, so two six three may uh, be activated for that. We again in Malaysia, I have not seen anybody <laughs> charged for this. Yeah, yeah not yet. Yeah. Our torrenting traffic is quite high as well. <laughs> Can foreign companies or movie studios bring action against us? We, they would have to use their laws, right? Not our laws. It depends no, on the company yeah. they use our, our laws. laws. Yeah. But they're charging our people. Correct. <laughs> um, so it's possible that someone who downloaded a movie, for example, can be charged by by foreign uh, movie studios. Not, not charged by they can lodge a complaint here, mm-hmm. uh, lodge a police report here, uh, or report with our MCMC. And then if the relevant authorities feel that the complaint is legitimate, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter where you complain from. Right. You can complain from uh, Alaska or Australia if, if their complaint is legitimate and valid and there are evidence on it. I'm not surprised if our local authorities take action against it. Mm-hmm. And no actions has been taken so far on this? I'm sure they are, but again, like I said, mm-hmm. uh, not, not reported, reported that. Yeah. yeah. Just to give you an idea of how advanced uh, this area has progressed in uh, the UK, uh, recently, for the uh, thing is 2016-2017 season, Premier League actually obtained a court order uh, for a live blocking order. Mm-hmm. So they were they were facing several issues with um, uh, Cody boxes. So Cody boxes are a legal way to stream uh, content, but the Cody boxes allows third parties to uh, uh, put in preloaded applications, uh, which can then display pirated. Uh, live streams, which that aspect is actually uh, illegal. So Premier League was facing a, a lot of these uh, problems. And of course, Sky wasn't happy. Uh, BT Sport wasn't happy, you know, having paid more than £5 billion uh, to be the main uh, broadcaster for the, the Premier League. But uh, this blocking order that has been granted by the uh, English High Court is going to be a game changer. Uh, it allows Premier League to actually uh, shut down, block and disrupt any illegal uh, broadcast of the Premier League. Uh, and uh, I I understand that the order has uh, been extended for the 2017-2018 season, mm-hmm. and that's amazing because mm-hmm. it's it shows how the court is acknowledging uh, the advancement in technology and and trying to get the law to uh, work alongside it and in actual fact be even ahead of it. Yeah. Live blocking meaning uh, they will block it in real time, yes, block the feed in real time. In real time. So right. the order is a standing order and Premier League can actually enforce it uh, with immediate effect without having to continually go back to court and say, there's this IP that's infringing our, our copyright. Can we get an order for that? It's it's live and they just can enforce it immediately for a specific period of it's time. An injunction. Like, yes, right. correct. Th- th- this is different from the fanatics case. Huh? This mm. is a separate case. Separate. But uh, yeah, th- th- that's the advancement that they have had in England. Uh, we have not tested this here yet mm. in our higher courts. Yeah. Okay. Uh, what are the because it has not yet been tested? What would be the maximum punishment for someone who run afoul of the law in this aspect? Well, in this for aspect? crime, if it if you refer to the Copyright Act uh, under Section Forty One, I I saw something like twenty thousand ringgit imprisonment, about mm. five years. Yes. Uh, so that's for for criminal matter. If you're charged in a criminal court for civil, of course it can be anything. Uh, mm. If you if you stream live and you cause damages worth for hundreds of millions, uh, the court may grant an order to make that that defaulting company pay the uh, victim uh, that amount. Mm-hmm. So it's, it, it depends on the case. Yeah. 
so moving forward, um, more of these matches are going to be streamed online. Astro has their platform. RTM did it the last time. Is Malaysia ready? Do, are, are our laws all right to deal with um, more live streaming going forward? Because with more live streaming, there are going to be more abuses. I'm sure uh, the laws are at the moment um, slightly insufficient. It is drafted without the social media in mind. Uh, but the spirit and the intent of the law can always be interpreted in a particular way to protect the the, the greater good. Uh, I would also commend that uh, not just the law, the enforcing parties uh, need to also be effective. So the enforcing parties uh, or the agencies like the police and MCMC, they may have to engage people who are very well-versed with these areas. Uh, not if you have an officer who is very hardworking but have very little knowledge about the vine and how uh, this work then he may not be able to, to enf- they may not be able to enforce the law mm-hmm. so that that is also another ongoing process and like what Leslie said because this area evolves uh, so quickly uh, the officers also need to pick up things very quickly like again back to the example esports changes uh, almost every every month every you know, there's always something new in esports every now and then. Yeah. So they need to keep an eye on it. Um, a lot of the current illegal streaming sites uh, look for new users. I mean, new users are, are jumping on the websites only when they search for content. But I think one thing that we can look out for in the very near future is players like Facebook and Amazon coming on board uh, for sports, streaming of sports uh, content. I think Facebook has been very coy about their involvement in this uh, last year but they have very slowly and surely kind of slowly gone into this area they've um, purchased rights to some uh, major baseball league uh, matches and fans have responded to that some don't really like it the traditional fans don't really like it they, they like that feeling of sitting on their couch and you know f- uh, switching on the remote control and flipping on the TV and watching their match on the big screen rather than having to log on to Facebook. And why I bring up this, uh, this, this uh, example is because, like I said, the current illegal streaming sites uh, look for new users to come on board when they want to look for content. Facebook, on the other hand, has like billions of users already there. So it's a pre-existing platform. I think that's something interesting that's going to develop in the very, very near future. Would that require the rewriting of how... Um copyrights are sold because most of these are premised upon exclusivity, right? And in that's just, you can just find this on TV and or websites affiliated to that company. Potentially. Well, I, I would say until if, if um, let's say the NBA signs a contract with uh, pecu- peculiarly with Facebook, then the uh, sports lawyer or the uh, lawyer would have to draft uh, special clauses to deal with Facebook's peculiar uh, broadcasting nature uh, it, because Facebook is nothing like uh, Astro or Sky Sport mm-hmm. you know um, th- those are all that's what now we will now call it as traditional broadcasters um, but yeah they, they would have to do that they, they would have to cover that angle uh, what extent you can show what you can't show uh, you when I say you I'm talking about Facebook uh, that will be the way to protect uh, the rights of the the uh, pro- owner of the copyright yeah so the football season is going to start. Any advice on where to go to for <laughs> responsible live streaming? Um, I'm, uh, for the record, I'm not uh, 
I'm not engaged by Astro, but I think if you want to watch football for Premier League, you have to watch through Astro. That would be the best and uh, the safest way. Uh, you know, interestingly, I think you ask uh, many young people are now, uh, you know, jumping onto the streamings. That, that's because of the nature and the uh, daily behavior of uh, people below the age of uh, 30, 35, where. Uh, they're heavy reliant on the mobile phone or their tablets. Um, and, and it's only natural to want to watch uh, a TV, a movie, you know, now all this Netflix or whatever on the mobile phone. Uh, so that's why even Astro, as you notice, the last four or five years have actively promoted Astro on the go. I think they are aware that that is the next medium. Um, but um, for purposes of the law, for copyright, uh, in simple uh, Summary, if a company have signed with the pro- principal provider, principal owner of the uh, the content, in this case football, uh, the Premier League uh, own the, the broadcast of that game uh, and sells it to Astro, then only Astro can, can show it. So if Mr. X or Madam Y uh, stream it live on their website illegally, then they're in trouble. Simple as that. <laughs> Um, Richard Asti, thank you very much again. Thank you. Thank All you right, very thanks, much. Yeah. You've been listening to Live and Learn, BFM 89.9. Thank you for listening to this podcast. To find more great interviews, go to bfm.my or find us on iTunes. BFM 89.9, The Business Station.